Oh, great. We're all gonna get cancer. Awesome. Well, I, I think the, I think I think I don't think we're gonna get cancer. I just think that our communications are disrupted. You know, there was an episode of Sliders where uh, <laughs> the Earth was being hit by massive solar flares and was like destroying the Earth. And that's actually how they met Maggie and Arturo died. Anyway, hey Matt, you you uh you here, buddy? No, I slid my way right out. <laughs> oh. Well, you can't leave without Maggie and all the other citizens of the, because that's the, what the episode was about. And um, I should, I really need to be just like super conversant in um, Quantum Leap to just counter all of your lighter stuff. <laughs> That's a good show too. It is a fantastic show. You know, it's a oh, great you episode. Mean, you mean you mean the show with the guy who is inadvertently jumping through time and dimension and unable to get back to the original one, so he keeps randomly jumping to different bodies and places, hoping that someday he'll get home. That one. Yeah. That one. Yeah. Yeah. Is that Sliders or is that Quantum Leap? You tell me which one I just described. Sliders is significantly different, my friend. Yeah, Quantum <laughs> Leap. You just described Quantum Leap. <laughs> I was also uh, around time, before Sliders. The last time I, I watched an episode of Quantum Leap was like three years ago. And it was on the um, anniversary of the assassination of John F. Kennedy. And I watched the, the JFK episode. Okay. And it's actually really good because he, he, he leaps into uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. And Lee Harvey Oswald, like, he's, like, he's like so evil that he's actually like turning Sam evil. So like he can't oh. uh he can't is that stop. Like, is that like an is that like an episode when he's just like the cool guy from the future that can do that or is that after God apparently is in control of him sliding? Well, I have no idea. I I I don't know. I know about as much about Quantum Leap as Chuck knows about sliders. Uh, but you know it took that turn, right? That no, at some point it became like he was, it was like another, like a higher power in control of him sliding. No. Yeah. And that show also has like this super tragic ending where after the last episode, the screen goes black and there's like this text that pops up that says <clears throat> that Dr. Sam Beckett never went back home. Really? Yeah. That's really, oh my gosh. He never made it back home. What do you think is more depressing, that or the David the Gnome? Uh, finale. Oh man, David the Gnome. Um, <laughs> well, you know what? No, David the Gnome is trying to teach children about the concept of death. So there's like a nobility to it. Um, um, Quantum Leap is tragic. Sliders had a similar ending too. See, that's just tragic. Like you watch, like you told me that one episode. It was an earlier episode of our show where you talked about that one episode of Sliders where, um, where they 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 slide into what they think is another alternate year, uh, earth, but it's actually the right one. They made it home. Oh yeah. And it was just because these like, are the gate. Yeah. The gate was like not creaking and they thought it was or whatever. Yeah. And oh, that, 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 that is so <laughs> depressing. The more I, I thought about that for like a year and a half and every time I do, it kind of depresses me. <laughs> not going to lie. Yeah. Um, by the way, we're recording in case you uh, oh. didn't know. So, Oh, oh, well then, Matt, throw down a beat. Yeah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Come on.
Yeah, no, no, I can't beatbox. Go for it, JP. Give him a beat. That's actually not bad, JP. I'm not good at this. <laughs> oh man, you had you 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 you. What happened was you lost your timing. If you had kept it going, like I All might right. have been able to come up with. So so that that I'm afraid little, my whole shelf is gonna like break. <laughs> this that whole interlude um, was due to um, one of our listeners, a self-described biggest fan of the show, um, who. Um, oh, we're gonna have to edit this guy. I need their name. I'm gonna realize I can't say their. I can't. I can't. Uh, you can't look it up. I'm, I'm gonna look it up, but I realize I can't talk about them. Good thing we're not oh. doing this live. That'd be really annoying. That'd be really bad. A <laughs> uh, wild and holy. Um, our, our self-described number one fan, Wild and Holy, who has been very good in interacting with our, um, with our social media, um, had put in a request for me to talk a little bit about how I got to the Episcopal Church, among other things. Um, and JP had this genius idea to, um, to have Matt freestyle, or have Matt give me a beat. I would freestyle rap the story while JP played like Hype Man. Yeah. Um, and, That'd be um, perfect. We'd be like the Beastie Boys. But uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. We'd be exactly <laughs> like the BC Boys, JP. You're so like... this episode's off to a great start. <laughs> because all my jokes are landing tonight. Every single one of them. Every everything we've done so far has landed. Well, I mean, I I, I thought things were funny. Kids, don't take a two-hour nap in the evening. <laughs> Just don't. Uh, not when you're like 35. All right. So what are we what are we talking about, John Post? Uh, we're talking about you, Chuck. We're talking. Oh, we, all about it's you today. All, it's all about me. Uh, our number one fan. Shout out. Because it's to, all about you. What was his name? Aaron Spicoli. <laughs> Um, I, it's wild and holy, but I, I keep wanting to say ho- Houses of the Holy, which is a Led Zeppelin album. Anyway, wild uh, and holy. Spico- uh, Spicoli, you got your, you're getting your, well, your your wish tonight. Actually, we should be. I should. I should. I should be honest here. It's it, his screen name is Wild and Holy. His actual name is Jameson Gleason. Does he want? Oh, does he? Does he want us to share that? Mm-mm. Well, it's, on, it's on his Instagram. Like, if you okay. click on his Instagram, well, if, if it's, it's on that gram, that's all right. It's on the gram. So, what's up, Jameson? James. It's on that gram. Um, Gleason. Cool. So, yeah. Glee, glee. <laughs> God, we're gonna turn into that that reggae channel. We just we just lost our fan. <laughs> we totally did. <laughs> Nobody likes us. Our number one fan, Jamie Glee. Jamie Glee, <laughs> and then a whole bunch of Russian bots. <laughs> <laughs> They treat us well, those Russian bots. <laughs> <clears throat> so, we're, um, so we're talking about me, and we're so we are we're doing this. How we're going to talk about? Talk, so, what about me? It's an origin story, Chuck. Ha, Chuck, Ooh, the origin story. The origin we're story. We're talking Chuck? about. We're talking about not 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 I shouldn't say origin story. This is not. We're not going to do an origin story. Origin stories are boring anyway. Um, it's true. Unless you're Spider Man. We're going to talk about your journey to the Episcopal Church, the filthy, dirty Episcopal Church. Chuck's fall from grace from the evangelical. <laughs> the filthy, dirty. <laughs> community. <laughs> uh, we lost one, folks. We lost one. Yeah, you um, did. You did. <laughs> so this is, this is, this is going to be about Chuck and how he uh, became uh, 
Episcopalian. Yeah, because I mean, I'll be honest. And, this, um, is, this is a question that I actually get a lot. So I'm actually glad that I'm glad that um, I'm glad that our that our friend Jameson um, asked this of me because it gives me an opportunity to kind of say to people. Yeah. And so when they ask, I can be like, "Well, why don't you check out my podcast?" And you'll find the answer. There you go. So, so Chuck. So JP. Charles. Yes. Father, Father Charles. Yes. So Chuck, how did you become a, a junior Catholic? <laughs> junior Catholic. <laughs> that's funny. So, so that's, Chuck. that's really funny. I like that junior Catholic. I'm going to remember that because it's better than like people. There's a joke that floats around that says the Episcopal Church or Anglicans or whatever are Catholic light. And that's kind of yeah, because Robin Robin Williams made that right. Joke. That's a yeah, that's a Robin Williams joke. But I, I they're all they're all hacks. Junior Catholic is funny. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. So Father Chuck, yes, take us back. Take us back right. to the year, the year two thousand five. Two thousand five. We we lived in an apartment together while this was happening, John Post. We were, yeah. Uh, what was what was what was the spark? What was happening? Oh, you don't have to get into like intimate detail, but like, what was going on with you spiritually that you you, you saw a, a divide and it was time to cross that divide? Well, let me let me let me lay some ground. Let me lay, lay a little groundwork down, okay? Okay. Because right. it, it actually goes it, it, when I when I when I really think about this and evaluate, it goes way further back than two thousand five. It actually goes back to about 2000, 2001. Um, okay. 9-11? Uh, no. It was a not space okay. <laughs> yes, it was a space it was odyssey. Yes, a... <laughs> it was a space odyssey. No, it's 2000. Um, because, so in the year 2000, um, I was a junior in high school, finishing high school, because I, um, I, I tell people, that I dropped out of high school, my mother always says that I should tell them that I opted to start college early. So that's, we're going to go with that answer. Um, nice. I have a GED. Um, anyway, so I, um, I was finishing up, I was, I had finished up high school and around that time I, I met a girl and we, we were dating um, and she was Catholic and oh oh uh, yeah, wow. yeah. yeah fundamentalist baptist southern mm-hmm. baptist convention but really independent baptist and like extremely conservative baptist church um dated this catholic girl and when i um stopped trying to convert her um because <laughs> uh, it wasn't taken i went to church yeah. with her and okay. while I went to church, I actually found that I kind of I kind of liked what was going on in the Catholic Church. So that so my relationship with her kind of instilled an appreciation for the liturgy, for uh, the traditions of the church, and all that. So that was always in the back of my mind, right? Okay. So um, fast forward to 2005, and I am kind of in a a funk spiritually. Um, I for reasons that are very long story that I can tell some other time. Uh, but I had grown kind of disillusioned with the church I grew up in. And I, um, I was just trying to figure some stuff out and just wasn't really happy in, in, in churches. Um, I wound up going to Palm Beach Atlantic university where I met these fine, you two fine gentlemen. And while I was at Palm Beach Atlantic University, um, we all we all know of a particular church that is um, a, a very big part of 
that school's uh, um, identity. Um, a non-denominational evangelical megachurch referred to known as Christ Fellowship. You're doing it, not me. So I. Um, so <laughs> sorry, I forgot Matt goes there now. <laughs> do you really? Maybe. Really. <laughs> I, I may or may not attend the Boynton campus. Oh, that's oh we we have some catching up to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that's, we do. That's another episode. Ooh, maybe this maybe this is that, the episode. Maybe this, this is, is the episode. Is how we got to the this churches is the episode. We're at. This is both people's journeys. I like this because yeah. So all right, so I'll be quick. Um, so I was I was visiting Christ Fellowship, uh, one of the campuses, and it actually JP was. Um, uh, it happened to be on on nine eleven, two thousand five. I went to a Sunday service, and it was. Um, overly patriotic um and Ugh. and that which bothered me um but it was also they chose to have communion on that sunday because they didn't do communion um every sunday but they did it on that sunday so in addition to like fighter jets and american flags um <laughs> they then did um communion and communion this actually what bothered me more than anything was the way they handled communion um um and i don't know if this is how it still is so matt you can correct me on this uh, at some point but um, what what I what I um, didn't like was that there was n- almost no explanation and almost no reverence to communion. Um, they had bread and grape juice on tables set around the room, and they said that as you feel led, you should get up and you should go take a piece of bread and have some grape juice um, while the music plays. And the band played like a rocky version of. Um, Old Rugged Cross, while, while scenes from the Passion of the Christ movie played um, on a big screen behind them. And the whole thing was just kind of was just irreverent and kind of corny, and it just really bothered me. And so um, I walked out with, a, um, with another girlfriend, a different girlfriend than the Catholic girlfriend, um, but I was attending um, the church with. And I, I said to her, I said, that's it. We're becoming Catholic. I said, I'm, I can't, I just, I've been, I've been spending several years trying to find a church where I'm happy. I just can't find a place where I'm happy. I just, we're going to go become Catholic. And she said, um, she said to me, well, hold on, let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Um, she says, why, she says, why don't we go to, why don't we go visit my grandparents' church? You know, they go to Bethesda by the sea. Now, a light clicked on in my head, JP. Um, JP and Matt both know, um, and actually anybody who watches the news nowadays knows probably if you, if you've seen the pictures that Bethesda by the sea is a beautiful, beautiful church in Palm beach. Um, our current president attends there when he is uh, around. Um, yeah, I saw it in the news the other day. Yeah. Cause he was, uh, there for Easter for Easter. Yeah. And, um, it's like, yeah, that's where Easter park when I went to the beach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's where a lot of people park. Um, but, um, <laughs> But yeah, so the church is a beautiful, beautiful church, stone, Gothic church. People, a lot of people think it was built in the 1500s, um, just this gorgeous, gorgeous church. And I had been in that church all throughout our freshman year at PBA, um, where, I, um, where I really liked the church, and I liked to sit in the church and, and, and just be in it, but I never thought about worshiping there because it always felt kind of off-limits to me. Again, growing up in the tradition that I grew up in, it was sort of, you know— this was not real Christianity or something. So I, so we went and I loved it. My first Sunday in the Episcopal church, um, was very weird because, um, 
first of all, I'm in a I had I, I was wearing a blue blazer and khakis and 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 actual dress shoes. And JP knows how I feel about like having to wear shoes and stuff. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, I had a lip ring at the time. It was fun. Anyway, but I, I wasn't super happy about about being at the church. Um, having to be dressed up. I just didn't like that because I, you know, was used to being very casual and all those things. Well, so we're walking around the corner and I see this woman in a Lily Pulitzer dress walking a chihuahua in the front doors of the church. And I said, I remember looking at my, my ex girl, my, my then girlfriend and saying, saying, what the hell are we doing here? Never mind. We're, we're, I think, I think I want to go. And she's like, just come on. So I walk into the church and there are dogs and there are cats and there are lizards and there's like just just chaotic amounts of animals all over this church and I'm like, what is going on? And I see the bulletin says that it is the blessing of the animals in honor of the feast of Saint Francis. And I was like, Okay, dogs in church for a feast day, that's kinda cool. So which this is this kinda relates to something that happened. Um that Keelan and I have joked about. Keelan, friend of the show, for those who haven't listened to all the episodes. Um Keelan um, and I grew up together, and we um, we always joked that whenever we visited another church, it was always on the day when something was out of the ordinary, and that during the announcement, somebody had to say, if you're visiting with us today, it's not always like this. Um, <laughs> and so it was very fitting then that I would be at the Blessing of the Animals for my first Sunday service um, at the, in the Episcopal Church. Um, and um, But I loved it. I loved it. And so then a few weeks later, I, I, I went back on a Wednesday service, uh, midweek service. I actually didn't intend to be at a Wednesday service. I just wanted to hang out in the church, but they were having the service. So I stayed. I skipped class to go to church. Um, and anyway, so around that time, I was in a, a spiritual formation class. Um, and the, uh, the teacher, um, Mr. Victor Copan, a very wonderful and smart man, um, was having had us le- learn a little bit about other Christian uh, traditions and denominations, and so in the book that we were reading, it talked about Anglicanism or in the Episcopal Church, and um, I really liked what it had to say in there. And so this was all kind of happening at the same time. And so on that Wednesday service, I sat in the church and I read through the Book of Common Prayer, and I found that I really liked what it said. I liked the tradition. I liked the idea of the church being old. It, you know, and you you know me, JP. It was also kind of cool. To be like, I'm going to go to this old stone church, you know, like, oh, yeah, such a fitting thing for me. Right. And so I um, but I really liked it. And so one of the priests came and he hung out with me afterward um, and talked and answered my questions and told me that if I really was interested, I need to come to what they call an inquirer's class. And so I went to the inquirer's class like the next week or whatever. And that first night I checked the box for confirmation. I was like, I, this is what I want. I'm going to do this. I'm going to take the plunge. I'm a member of this church. I'm going to get confirmed in the Episcopal Church. I love it. This is where I feel called to be. Um, and that's really what it all boils down to is I, f- I felt called to be there. Um, and so, um, so yeah, so that's the, that's, I mean, it's a little more detailed than probably you might've been looking for for JP, but that's the steps, at least how I got there. Yeah. Well, I was at your confirmation, right? Yes, you were. Wasn't I? Yeah. I was in, yeah. uh, that was 2000, 2008. 2005. Uh, was it really? Yeah, I was, I, confirmed it was later in, I was confirmed in uh, December of 2005. <clears throat> yeah, I remember being like, I was definitely, you know, in your orbit when this is all happening. And I was like fascinated by all of it. In my orbit. You slept in the bedroom next door to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I kind of feel like it wasn't just, I think like as you kept taking that journey, though, 
even after we we had you know we were living with each other, I was still kind of like in and out in and out with in, in Bethesda with you every That's now. That's true. And then. That's true. You were. And uh, I just remember thinking like, I have nothing against this. This is actually wonderful. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, I I was never like offended by it or, or shocked. I mean, the only shock was that like is how much I enjoyed it. Um, but I want to. I mean that that's actually a great detail, Chuck, and it's uh, it's really interesting to hear. But, but I want to go back to the first time you went to a Catholic church with your then girlfriend, mm-hmm. and you said that you liked it then. Yeah. What was it about that very first time that you really liked? Was it just because it was different? It well, it was different. I mean, my my whole life I had been told that that Catholicism was a cult. <laughs> and um you know was, I mean, dude I, I i was raised on chick tracks i mean it's yeah, it, yeah you know so i i just had this idea that like there was something completely wicked and wrong about this whole thing but i'd never been in it before i mean the only time i'd been in a catholic church before that i had any recollection was um my cousin amanda when she was born um she was baptized roman catholic and um my family that my aunt really wanted us to go and we went, but we sat in the very, very back of the church. And I mean, I was young. I was like nine. I don't really remember much about it. I just remember the church being very dark. Um, but um, my grandparents, my mom, all of us, it was like, this was bad. This was super wicked. Um, because our pastor um, um, had um, told us it was. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so... Yeah, it was just this, um, there was just this off-limits aspect to to it, and especially, you know, with the Baptist church we were at at that time, just the culture of it just really kind of reinforced these really negative stereotypes about Catholicism and all that. And so I went fully expecting it to be just wrong. And then when I'm listening to the priest, like, talk about Jesus and talking about Jesus as Savior, and I see the language and the liturgy about, it's like, oh, this is all really familiar stuff. Um, like I wasn't on board with the idea of like Jesus being present in the Eucharist or anything like that at that time. Um, oh, right, yeah. but I was, um, but I was, I was surprised at how familiar the language was. You know, I was like, oh, they're reading the Bible. They're reading a lot of the Bible actually. And then they're singing the Psalms and they're, you know, and all this. So I was like, this, I was like, this can't be that bad then, you know, this can't <clears> be all that bad. And, um, in fact, um, when I, when I, when I got really burned out on my, on my ch- childhood church, um, I, um, I started going, I started attending, um, I would go to her church, um, on Sundays, even after we broke up, I would, Not really. I would still show up on occasion. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it was far away from my house, but I would drive, um, out to it because, um, one, it was kind of anonymous, but the other was, it was, I found a great source of comfort. Now I will say that one thing that always struck me about it was, um, I, you know, I was not allowed to take communion cause I wasn't Roman, I wasn't right. Catholic. And, um, I remember when I was at PBA, I realized a lot of these stories deal with breakups. So I'm going to say there was a, there was a girl that I was also a third girl in all these stories that I was really, uh, really into. And she, um, and she, she broke my heart and I, uh, around that time was, you know, just, you know, when, you know, when you go through that thing, when you're, you're, you know, the girl's broken your heart and you're just in the sort of like the dumps and, you know, spiritually as well as physically, um, I've never been dumped before, so you know. Oh right. Well, our, yeah. she doesn't return. Your I affection. do the dumping. Okay. You do the dumping. All right. Well, she doesn't refer, return your affections. She doesn't. Yeah. You know all those feelings. Anyway, I um. So I I went to the Newman Club 
um, the Roman Catholic Student Club at PBA. They had a mass. They used to have a mass at PBA. Oh, yeah. It's a story for another time. I may have contributed to them not having a mass anymore, but that's, again, a story for another time. <laughs> but I, um, I, uh, I went. I went to, the, to mass, and I really liked it. I, felt, I, I remember feeling very, very close to Jesus, feeling very close to God and just really invigorated. And I felt this overwhelming urge to want to go and receive communion. And I got up there, and no one told me no, but it was clear that I didn't know what I was doing. Um, the, the altar server was like, you know, the body of Christ. And I was like, they just stood there blankly. I don't know. I'm like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> and like the body of Christ. And I'm like, ah, I'll just, I just turned around and left. Like I'm, I was super awkward. I realize now like how, how weird that would have been, or that must've yeah. been. But, but that, but th- I mentioned that because when I went to the Episcopal church, it's the same basic liturgy as the Roman Catholic church, but I could receive communion because I was baptized because the Episcopal church, if you're baptized uh, as a Christian, then you're welcome to receive communion. And so from day one, I was able to receive communion and I, um, that's something about the Episcopal church. I always really, really appreciated and it's still very much appreciate. Um, And it's definitely something of ours that we, it's definitely a a benefit of ours and a blessing of ours that, you Mm -hmm. know, most people can kind of walk in off the street and have that, the full experience of the church service rather than having to jump through a bunch of hoops. Right. Um, so when you were, uh, deciding to go through the confirmation stuff after you had gone to Bethesda for the first time, um, I'm interested in knowing how your mother reacted when you first told her that you were interested in this and that you were going to pursue this. Um, I think, you know, it's really my mom. Well, I think at this point, I'm trying to think of how I'm going to answer this because my mom listens to the podcast. So yeah, um, I actually really don't know how. I mean, I think she was positive to me going, finding something that made me happy in terms of church. But I also think at that point she was starting to, she was kind of picking her battles because like, you know, as I mentioned already, I went off and got my lip pierced and she was super (laughs) unhappy about that. Um, Yeah. And I think so my mom looking at this and being like, oh, he's going to church. He found a new church. That's cool. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we'll support that. Um, but, um, but now that my mom is, my mom was confirmed, um, in the Episcopal church in 2008. And, yeah. um, um, I think it was, I think it was, it took her a while. It took her a little bit more time, but she, once she embraced it for herself, um, she really, you know, could understand what it was. But I mean, yeah, she, I mean, there was a little bit where she thought maybe this was a fad, I think, or I was doing something mm-hmm. just kind of, you know, weird and that things may change. But then, you know, obviously when I was going to church a lot and being involved in church again and starting to talk about ordination, um, she was definitely starting to come around a little more with it. Well, that's good. Um, she was never hostile though. Right. I mean, I figured that since, because, because I know she, that that she eventually became his billions. Right. Well, Um, and most of my, I will say most of my friends, the, the, the most general reaction that I got from that, I, that I, that I heard from people was just confusion like oh really the people i grew up with they'd be like i don't i don't understand why chuck is doing this like why Why, (laughs) it's so funny because like my my first reaction was like of course he is (laughs) right well maria maria keelan's wife she that's her that was her retort to everybody she's like do you have you have you guys do you guys know chuck right like this is so (laughs) like him um yeah yeah, because um one one person said one person said um 
I just don't get why he's he's you know he's always so countercultural and edgy. I don't get why he's <laughs> why he's he's countering your culture, fool. Right, right. It's like what's more counterculture than you know than going into a you know a stone church with stained glass windows and listening to Gregorian yeah. chant? You know, I mean, it in organ music when all the other churches are trying really hard to be cool. Um, so like the most resistance you got was just confusion. There was no like side eye. There was no like uh, no 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 you know cutting you off or. No, uh, no, no one was pissed uh, off at you. Or... No, I never got that. I never got sense that anyone was ever pissed off with me. I think if I had gone full Catholic, it would have been a different reaction. Um, but um, I'm glad I didn't. I mean, obviously, I'm very happy where I'm at. Um, but I, um, what, what I just say as a side note, was interesting is because being Episcopalian kind of puts you one foot within traditional mainline protestantism and puts the other foot in with like roman catholic christianity because we're so similar um it um it allowed me i I wound up hanging out with roman catholics a lot in college and i got to see the ways in which like the very like i don't like the term but it's you know it's a common term in our world now the microaggression um i got to see a lot of the kind of various microaggressions that roman catholics experienced at an evangelical university and and um, you know, of course, at that time, I had an I, I had a platform. I was a writer for the school newspaper, and so I would frequently take up these causes through my writing. Um, hmm. And um, but it was th- that was an interesting thing to to experience. I mean, it was also weird being at, as far you know I was the only as far as I knew the only Episcopal student at PBA while we were there. The only Episcopalian. Uh, the. Uh... There were faculty. Scott, uh, oh, oh, you like Guild? Yeah, Scott, he was he? No, or was... super Roman Catholic. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right, um, Matt. Do you have any? Uh, yeah, Matt's questions like, or comments, or you want to? No, I mean, I I pray for Chuck's soul every night. So it's <laughs> <fine>. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> like, well, I mean, like you said, junior Catholicism is less. Um, terrifying to me than if he was full on like <laughs> full on lost in the darkness of Roman Catholicism. I mean, that's fine. Now, what if but, we should probably? What if I had become like Russian Orthodox? It's it's all right. You weren't chosen anyway, so don't worry about it. <laughs> Matt's gonna invite you to a small group and try to convert you. <laughs> uh, Matt Matt has already been involved in an in an illicit in an illicit. Um, um, Christ Fellowship small group. <laughs> it's true, he has. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that yeah. book group we were a part of that got some people in trouble because it wasn't properly sanctioned. Just funny. <laughs> okay. Oh, it was. A, it was a different. It was um, a different time for Christ Fellowship. <laughs> was it? I don't. I don't know. Um. Well. Well. Uh, um. So do you have any questions or anything, Matt? Or like anything you want to talk about or? Yeah, I, I kind of lost. I kind of lost you on my end for a second. Did you say do I have any questions? Yeah, like is, I mean, is there anything you want to ask Chuck about his journey or add to the to the narrative? Hmm. So, How did you react? <laughs> so, so many, so many questions. Like Chuck, how did you stray so far? How? <laughs> How did you allow yourself to be led by such wickedness and darkness? No, I, I, 
no, I, I don't really have any questions and stuff, but I mean, we, we kind of got to see it and I was one of the people that it made sense. Yeah. Like when I heard that, when I heard that, heard that, uh, Chuck is now going to be a priest. I was like, well, yeah, of course. <laughs> like what, what else was Chuck? It was either that or like a drug addicted surfer for the rest of his life. It's just, it's, it's just you, you had to go one way or the other. I really drug, a dr- a druggy really surfer. It's, it's that he would have been a priest or he would have been Mitch Hedberg in the Lords of Dogtown movie. Um, just hawking like, urethane wheels just to get my yeah, yeah, there's just They grip, man. They grip. They grip. There's, there's just no, there's, there was just no other way it was going to work out. Um, but, wow! But also... Really? Can I, hold on, Matt. Hold on. I just got to take a moment to appreciate <laughs> that you dropped a Mitch Hedberg in Lords of Dogtown reference. I mean, that's a that's a deep. Yeah, cut. that's a so deep. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm pretty awesome too. But that's true. You are. But now he but, became um... like Head, Mitch, Mitch Hedberg if he became a priest. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Have you thought about doing a sermon as Mitch Hedberg? Like, <laughs> just like, just like, grab like my random stacks of notes and just read out well, of those. I mean, um, at this <laughs> point, guys, on base. Do, 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 do. I mean, let's be honest. At this point, it better be a sermon about resurrection. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm sad. Oh, <laughs> bad form. <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. Uh, <laughs> uh, that wasn't that was yeah. good. I'm a horrible human being. What can I say? Um, I've been told that often, actually. Does that does that mean that you my... is that is that how you know that you're predestined for damnation? Then, if you're if you just acknowledge you're a horrible person, or is that like that you're acknowledging your total you're acknowledging your total depravity? Uh, who knows? Nobody, um, nobody understands. There's nobody who who seeks after righteousness. Nobody. nobody no, understands. no, not one. Not a single. No, one. not not one. <laughs> um, so, so Matt brings up uh, an, an interesting part of your journey as well, Chuck. Um, yeah. You don't have to go into full detail about this journey, but uh, he brings up the Act Two, which was not only is Chuck now Episcopalian, but now he wants to be a priest and be a man of the cloth. Yeah. How did how did that happen? Was that like something you kind of saw happening as you were joining the church or like did it happen like way after you joined? You're like, oh, this is makes sense or what? Well, I so I kind of I've kind of always wanted to be a minister since I was like six years old. Um, I that's just, you know, some kids like they, they they when they're little, they look at like a fireman and they're like, I want to do that. Or they look at, you know, like an astronaut and they're like, I want to do that. Like I looked at I looked at my pastor behind a pulpit and I was like, I want to do that. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, my mom will tell stories about me being six years old and waving a Bible and preaching at my family in the living room and stuff. Like <laughs> that's just what I did for fun for a little while. And, um, so I've, I've always been drawn to, 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 you know, church. And I just kind of always kind of felt that this was my career trajectory. I was going to be a, I was going to be a minister. I, I, I shouldn't say a priest. I had no idea I was going to be a priest. Um, but that I was going to be a minister. I mean, that's what I was, I was prepping myself for that. I was going to I was going to a, a Baptist Bible college for a while, um, to prep myself to be, I was probably gonna be a youth minister, which that doesn't surprise. I, I doubt that surprises JP at all. Yeah. 
Um, you know, I was, you know, I was trying to, I was considering growing that goatee and, uh, you know, getting the, I had already had the frosted tips at that time. Um, (laughs) I just needed the, uh, I just needed the polo shirt with the horizontal bold stripe on it. Exactly. But, um, um, I guess nowadays the, I guess that's a youth minister look, but anyway, so I was, um, um, so I kind of always short version of it. I mean, I, I kind of always knew this was going to do, but, um, after I got kind of burned out, um, I wanted to do other things. So it's funny that Matt made the joke about me being a drug addled surfer because I, uh, <laughs> when I, when I first, when I first came to PBA, um, I enrolled as a business student, which is hilarious. Um, and I was, um, I was taking classes in entrepreneurship because my idea, my, my dream at that time was to open a surf shop. Um, I was nice. going to, I wanted to open a surf shop that was a combination of like thrift vintage stuff that was, but also sold new modern stuff. Um, yeah. Keelan and I were going to, we were going to the, the surf expo, the industry, the, the surf industry's expo every year and just sort of like learning the industry, learning the, the whole, the whole mechanism. Like that's something I was really interested in doing. Um, but I'm not good at like business. So, um, I, but I had, but because I had accumulated credits through a Bible college, by the time I transferred into PBA, um, I had all these credits, and I thought I'd get a PBA sooner if I was a biblical studies major instead of a instead of a biblical studies minor. So I still took four years to get out of PBA, but I, um, but I, but that that was kind of the first thing to kind of keep my foot firmly planted in the um, in the church world, um, the ordained world. But I. Um, by the time you and I moved in together, I wanted to be a novelist. Right. Yeah, I remember. And um, you know, I was, I was working on I'm working on that novel. Yeah. Um, doing a lot of writing, um, writing articles for the Beacon, writing a lot of poetry, getting a lot of stuff published, short stories published, things like that. And I um, that was that was it. I remember you talk about my mom having a reaction to me being Episcopalian. I remember when my mom came to visit me. Um, um, in college and she was staying at a hotel on the beach up in Palm Beach gardens. And, um, we, uh, um, up like in Juno, like on Juno area or something. And, um, we're sitting out by the beach having, a, having us having a drink. And I broke the news to my mom that I feel really like I, that I want to become a novelist. <laughs> and, the like through her grit teeth she's just like okay and then <laughs> took like a bigger than normal sip of wine like she's like this kid's gonna be i'm gonna be supporting this kid for the rest of my life um oh, gosh but yeah so uh that's what I was that doing. was fun that was fun though like uh, oh man i had so much fun would, would you, because we were kind of like uh, that little apartment was sort of a, like a little creative commune yeah you were working on movies <laughs> um i was we had creative writing classes together, so we were always writing and sharing stuff with each yeah, other. And Keelan was doing music <clears throat> and stuff. And then, you know, Matt was, like, always over hanging out yeah. doing things, and we would just talk about stuff. Um, and, um, yeah, that was, a cool, that was a cool little place, and that was a cool time yeah. in, my, in our lives. But, I, um, but yeah, I, I, um, that's when I started to reconsider my – once I got the Episcopal Church, I started to reconsider ordination. What the, 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 the catalyst, you mentioned Scott, our friend Scott. Um, Scott was Roman Catholic. I was taking creative writing classes with him, and he asked me if I was pursuing, if I wanted to become an Episcopal priest. And I was like, ah, I don't know about that. I was like, I, I just, I really want to be a writer. And, and he goes, well, you know, those two things aren't mutually exclusive. Plenty of Episcopal priests have been novelists <laughs> and authors and blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh. Yeah. 
And that was when the light, that was the next time a light clicked in my head. It was like, oh, maybe I could do both. And, um, and then later, Scott and I went um, with one of our professors, Dr. Perry Hildreth, um, philosophy professor. The three of us hiked on the Appalachian Trail. And it was um, during that hike that um, I really felt the call. Um, really? Yeah. And then, I, and then that, when we got back, we, we, we were up in North Carolina. And then I spent a couple of days with my mom after, the, after the, the hike. And my mom and I went to the cathedral in Atlanta, the Episcopal Cathedral in Atlanta, St. Phillips. And um, I remember it's a beautiful, it's also a very beautiful church. I remember saying to my mom, I was like, I could spend all day in here. And my mom said, well, that's significant. You should pay attention to that. Like if you're willing to spend all day in a church, it's a pretty good indicator that maybe you're called to ministry. If you're, that you're, you know, so that's, those are the two biggest like voices that I heard that led me down this path. And um, so when I finally talked to Father Drew, who was my um, mentoring priest, and the guy who first talked to me about getting confirmed and all that. When I told him that I was um, thinking about ordained ministry, he said, I was waiting for you to come see me. He was like, I recognize that like right off the bat. Um, so, it's, so in some ways, it's always been a part of me. But then, it, you know, but I had a little winding road to get there. And um, yeah. but here I am. Um, I love how wholesome your story is, Chuck. How wholesome? Uh, yeah, because it's like. I don't know. I'm so used to uh, after my second stint of rehab, that's when I decided (laughs) I gave my life to the Lord. Like while I was like five, you know, finishing a fifth of Jack waking up at noon in a gutter, just waking up in a random alley every night. That's kind of like uh, Brendan Manning. That was sort of his story. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Not to, you know, you know, not, well, not, not not to speak ill of people who, who have gone wayward and had to use it, you know, you know what I mean. Well, um, you know, it, it's just, but it is fine. I mean, I am, nice. I, I, I mean, I am. I'm telling you, sort of one side of it. I mean, at the same time of all this, I mean, I was, it was college, and like I was questioning and yeah. challenging and reevaluating everything. And I and I think about how, you know, a lot of people when they go to college, they grow up in in a particular kind of Christian environment. They often get to college, they get exposed to different things, and they wind up becoming, you know, what I call white people Buddhist. You know, where they're, <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, they go a whole semester without wearing shoes. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, I, I would have been on board with that, but you know, but there's that, you know, but they, you know, they, they, that kind of trust kind of thing yeah. and, um, very spiritual, um, dreadlocks, yeah. dreadlocks. I, well, I, I mean, I definitely wanted white guy dreadlocks. I'm glad, I'm so glad I never went that route, man. So glad. But I, um, but you know, so that's what happened But for like me going to an evangelical school, like we did, I mean, you know, me becoming Episcopalian was sort of like, you know, kids going to Berkeley in the sixties and becoming Buddhists or Hindus, you know, it, it, it was, um, or Hare Krishna's, it was, you know, it was that version of that, but it kind of came out of a whole time of, you know, experimenting. I mean, I'll, I'll own the fact that during that time, like, you know, I was, I smoked pot on a few, you know, a few occasions, um, did salvia that one time, um, was, uh, was drinking, was, uh, yeah, I know you, you. You weren't you weren't there when that happened, and I flew through. Space. I have no, I have no idea <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> um, you know, and I was I was drinking a lot. I mean, you know, we were going to the, you know, I was you know, a lot of, a lot of O'Shea's, man, a lot of times. <laughs> yeah. O'Shea's. But in a way, I pre, you know, the and Epis- respectables. Right. You ended up at respectables. Yeah, I mean, the thing with the Episcopal Church that I always appreciated is that they were, you know, it wasn't like wrong for me to do that. Like I could, I could show up to church with a hangover and 
people in the pews would laugh. They would be like, oh, yeah, we've been there before, you know, not like, yeah. you know, where you have to kind of hide it or something from what well, you find in other church traditions. Yeah, we'll talk and, about this at the small group, Chuck. Yeah, right. Um, so I, <laughs> I uh, you know, so there was like a bunch of, you know, a bunch of things going on that were, you know, it was a bunch of challenging and reevaluating things. And it's kind of remarkable that the end result is I became a priest. Uh, yeah. Well, it's like Matt said, you know, I very easily could have gone the other direction, you know. I could have mm-hmm. been, I could have been, you know, selling my last surfboard for an eight ball or something. <laughs> just hanging out in a VW van and just, you know, there was write, a time write, writing your novel on a typewriter. You know, I, I honestly, that there was living a, in Portland. There was a time where that was all very much like something I was thinking about. <laughs> I think a lot of us are kind of bracing ourselves for that. What for me? Uh, yeah. Just buy a VW bus, like a busted one. And like, get it to Portland yeah. or go get it to Northern <laughs> California or something. Yeah, because okay, you you were also kind of part of a contingent of students who were really into writing and really into Portland. I remember that. Yeah, but that's also because we were we were like, well, me in particular, I was like fanboying hard on Donald Miller. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, like if we did this podcast, if we had done this podcast like ten years ago or so yeah. well maybe maybe longer um you know we would we, we would be talking about don miller the way that we talk about rob bell on this thing that's very true although i i, I think matt would still be talking about rob, rob who who's who's rob bell <laughs> that heretic I don't, I don't um i enjoyed well, that documentary by the way i haven't seen it yet i, I do i want to watch it i enjoyed it did you buy it Maybe. <laughs> I love that you had to ask remember, that question. Because I, I remember like, you had you had it when I saw it when I when I visited you, but we didn't watch it. Yeah, I don't I know if you just rented it. Oh, okay. I pre-ordered it and got it when it came out. Okay. Um. Well, Chuck, I I I love uh, I do love hearing about your journey uh, about becoming an, uh, an Episcopalian and then also becoming a priest and. Um, also, just sort of your background and stuff. Uh, um, Matt. Hi. Yo. Hey, buddy. Can I, can I yeah. ask you about Christ Fellowship? What would you like to ask me about Christ Fellowship? I was going to ask you, how's it going? Wonderful. Are you enjoying it? Yeah. Here, here's what I'll say, because we've talked about Christ Fellowship before. Yeah. Um, back in the day. Here's what mm-hmm. I'll say. We go to a specific campus the boynton one if anybody's curious and is asking later and we know the the pastor and his wife of that campus okay and we've absolutely loved going there we've also visited the main campus just to see what it was like and have decided we will never go back Um, okay so i find christ fellowship very interesting yeah because it's it's almost like totally different churches. They just share the main message. Um, do they yeah. do satellite feeds from the main campus still? For yeah, for the message they do. Really? Yeah, oh. but how do you um, feel about that? Remember that. <laughs> Because, that was, because that that's been because that's been a controversy for years, years and years and years and years. The statement that almost came out of my mouth, though, JP. Yeah. Um, 
I, I still don't know how safe it is to talk about certain things on this podcast and yeah. the impact it will have on my life later. I wasn't really planning um, on asking you about that, so to be I don't, honest. I'm just, so, I'm just going so with I the flow. So I don't know. So I don't know if this statement should be left in or not. But the statement that immediately came to mind is what I've learned is the sermon preached from the pulpit on Sunday isn't really that important anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, it's actually because, true. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but anyways. Okay. Yeah, All right. Okay. Church, okay. Church, church, church has been going good. It's been, it's been going good. Great. Good. Good. You mm-hmm. like you like where you are, and um, how long have you been going there? Uh, since the end of December. Wow. Um, well, cool. Well, uh, uh, well let Every me ask you now. something. As someone who, who kind of is now part of the Christ Fellowship culture and stuff, uh, um, like, why do you think it's so controversial amongst uh, other believers in the community of most of South Florida? Oh, yeah. Visit the main campus. And that question is immediately answered. Um, I walked into the lobby. See, I'm just I, I, I'm just I'm going to be honest. I walked into the lobby and my immediate thought was um, what terminal is my airplane at? And what time does it leave? <laughs> That's good. Um, and the parking lot is like a theme park, like up on the light poles. They have like, you are in lot E1 kind of. Do thing. they have trams? Like, like, it um, <laughs> that you can ship? My, my church there, there may, there really? may be large, mm-hmm. there Growing may up. be large golf carts driving around. Yeah. Um, we had, we fine. had golf cart. Yeah, yeah. 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 But no, I, you, you cannot visit the main campus and not understand immediately why there is controversy sh- surrounding Christ fellowship. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I've also seen from the inside is some incredible things that Christ Fellowship has done. Um, for example, and this is, this is going to be a, an area that you can unpack and we could go on for hours about this one, about why this is a controversial thing to talk about. But, um, we like I said, we went at the end of December. So like the first Sunday we walk in is kind of their year in review. Okay. And so one of the things they talked about is an offering that they took for like the end of the year that they were going to use to to help feed um, homeless the homeless and to help take care of people in our like in the community of South Florida and all the different mm-hmm. stuff they're gonna do with it. So they decided to do this one-time offering, and they raised $2.6 million to use to help people. Um, Wow. And I'm thinking that in in the world that we live in, that's actually something that could change things, Mm -hmm. as opposed to, like, we had an offering, and here's, like, your check for $1,000. And I don't want to downplay people giving. I'm not saying that the amount is the important part. But at Mm -hmm. the same time, to see an actual like wait this is a level that could actually change something yeah um and then they do a thing every year called the dollar offering thing where like for say a month every sunday they have a special offering where they just encourage everybody to give one dollar just a dollar a person every sunday for this specific offering and then they do something special with it that they reveal at the end and we found out that 
a family very close to us was the ones that benefited from it before. And what they had done is that family was fostering children and decided to adopt three kids, I believe. And the hmm. church used that, do that dollar offering to entirely redo their house on the inside because they lived in a home that was barely fitting the three of them. And they redid it to where the family with the three new kids could comfortably sleep and have their own places and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then this year they use that dollar offering to give a single mother, a teenage single mother, an apartment for a year and the furnishings and stuff to go inside the apartment. So like to see a church do stuff like that was pretty neat. Yeah. Um, so that part of it's cool. The Money aspect, though, becomes a very dangerous area to talk about and is why churches like Christ Fellowship are controversial. Um, yeah, because they're, 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 they're rolling in it. They've always been rolling in it. Right. And it's always been, they've always been under a lot of scrutiny of, okay, you're rolling in it. What are you doing with it? Right. You know? And I, I would, and, sorry, real quick, Matt. Yeah, I, I, would no, love, I would love for us, maybe we should do this next week. Is I would love to do an episode about the mega church. We haven't done an episode about the mega church. That's a that's a kind of a Christian curiosity thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. and especially now that we're in a phase where that seems to be on the wane. Mm -hmm. A little bit, I guess. So. You know, because yeah. like I mean, they're obviously going to be large churches, but like like you know, Christ Fellowship is nowadays. You know, they're they're basically sort of like a denomination because they're 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 right. yeah. <laughs> you know, where you say like the Boynton campus has yeah. they they have stuff in common, but they have their own character and flair about it. Well, I mean, that's no different than the way that the Chapel of St Andrew has its own character and flair about the Episcopal Diocese of Southeast Florida. You know, so yeah. and you know, so basically, the main campus of Christ Fellowship is like a cathedral, and um, yeah. yeah, so that'd be an interesting thing to talk about. I think. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I mean, non-denominational is a denomination, so right. it's all, Just so it's all the same. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, but yeah, so it's been good, but we, we have yet to actually dive into it and get involved. We've just been enjoying the experience for the last couple months. That's good. Um, and it's been a breath of fresh air for my wife and myself. And it has been nice to go to a place where people will genuinely seem excited to walk in on a Sunday morning. I want to um, probe the hell out of this, but I. <laughs> and. Well, why, why, Matt? Why? Just why? go for it. Just, <laughs> just go for it. I mean, you know, I. Well, you see, I wrote a book, JP. <laughs> I'm staring at it. Yeah, I've got uh, it right here. Yeah, I wrote a book called Fix Me, Love Them, Christianity as It Should Be. If you haven't heard of it, that's okay. Nobody else did either. <coughs> available on um, Amazon. Available on Amazon. Fix Me, Love Them, Christianity <laughs> yeah. as It Should Be by Matt Wells. Uh, but I wrote a book and was... Uh, told that red flags of danger were raised when my book was read and my eternal security was questioned when my well book there was is read. to be fair there is this whole chapter on how to turn manure into something explosive but and that's <laughs> yeah but you can but you can only but jp you can only read that chapter if you dip the book in lemon juice and run it under a black light so um, I know you went. You went through a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of. Yeah, you went through a lot of trouble to hide that. Man. Yeah, I'm gonna, I love that you're probably going to get him on like a watch list. 
each, <laughs> each book is hand bound. And if you take it apart page by page and fold it a certain way of origami and connect the pages, there's a secret to world domination. Yeah. So lay the pages um, out in, in the shape of a pentagram. Yeah, in the shape of a pentagram <laughs> and light the right color candles at each corner. I'm signifying the north, south, west, east, and um, and the you and then you just lay down a, a fat beat. Guys, I'll probably sell one copy just from this. And that that would be the best my book's done in about two years. So, um, but yeah, no. I, so you you, know, you you wrote a book and uh, some people where you congregated said uh, red flag at. Red flag. Actually, it was put. Um, your if your father read this book and he didn't question you about it, then I'm concerned about him also. Whoa. Oof. Oof. And Keeping in mind that your father yeah, is so, also at the same church. You know, I've heard yeah. this story so many times. You've never told me that. I, that's wow. Yeah. So, wow. Oh, needless to say. Um, it's been a, an interesting several years after that, and there has been so many other things since then. Um, and there was one, we'll say very recently, as though it was like the end of December. And we decided it was time to just, you know, go somewhere else. Because here's the funny thing. here, here Matt's going to be open in a way that I haven't been in a long time in this podcast, JP. Good. Um, pro- pro- probably because I was afraid of backlash for being completely honest. But yeah. I, like Chuck, went to college, started to question and probe and look into things and started teaching a college age group that I got in trouble about that too. But if you want that story, read my book, it's in it. Um, and I decided, very similar to Father Chuck here, that the answer was not to run from my beliefs, but that the answer was to dive in completely, because this is what I wanted to wanted to express to the world, and I did not appreciate the way I saw other people expressing it. Um, so I was like, if... If I believe that this is the truth and I believe that people need to see it, then I want to devote myself to doing it. So I also went to seminary and I got a master's degree. And unlike Father Chuck, who the people that were around him, he went to them and they said, well, yeah, I'm not surprised. I've been waiting for this. I was um, kind of met the other way and told you'll never be ordained. Um, and I allowed that to very much be the reason that I am not currently serving in ministry full time. Um, and my wife and I decided that we've had enough of allowing that to be what was the defining aspect of our journey and story that we were allowing other people to have this level of power that was not theirs to have. Um, and it almost it sounds time. like you were kind of being repressed in your yeah. own community. Yeah, almost as though the Christian community is the worst at <laughs> dragging people down and stomping on them. Yeah. Um, 
No. Or so, they're just really good at it. So yeah, so we so we left and I to put it in a cheesy corny way, I feel like I can breathe again. That's good. I feel like things are real again. Um that it's not just a idea I talk about and a place that I go to where I don't want to be there, but I'm going to put a front on because it's where I'm supposed to be. I'm like, no, this is, this isn't how I want to live. And what I found incredible is I'm now currently involved in a, in a job that has absolutely nothing in certain ways to do with anything that I was thinking I was going to be doing. Um, and yet the way I interact with people at work and the way that they look at me and the way they talk about me, I'm like, how come this is never how I was? I was accepted in the church. Um, yeah. And what I realized, and I'll put it bluntly, what I realized is Christians are jerks. Um, <laughs> Um, total, total depravity, man. I mean, total depravity. If you want to put it, if you want to put it, if you want to put it bluntly, Christians are a holes, um, and they. Yeah. I've I've got a theory. I'm going to give you my theory. And I know we're running way too long here, but I'm going to give you yeah, my theory. Right. You see, it's not, I believe it goes back to kind of the '90s hierarchy of high school. So follow me here. Okay. Um, back in the day, like the Saved by the Bell days, the '90s, we all went to school. And there was the very, very obvious cliques. There was the jocks and the, you know, the nerds. And the goths. The, and the jocks spent their time tormenting the nerds. And, and the nerds went to church. And in youth group, the nerds were like, hold on, I'm kind of cool here. So I will emulate the jocks at school and treat people who come into church like the jocks treat me in high school is what I think yeah. happened to church. Um, Interesting. I think that the youth group culture that grew up became a, an interesting group of like stomp on people. And mm. what's That's what I also find youth group culture, would be another good topic. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Very good topic. And what I find curious about that is um, school culture has shifted at least what I think see as a, the outside old guy now who looks in um school school culture shifted some and in the same manner youth group culture shifted and amazingly we had a mass exodus of the church because the youth group kids were growing up going this is bullcrap and i'm not gonna let you treat me like this anymore because this isn't what the message is and you're not accepting and loving and we're out um and i find that curious that the church, much like Christian art, is about three years behind culture <laughs> at all times. I, you know, um, Matt, this is following it. You know, Matt, this is actually really interesting because I, um, one of the, the a refrain that I've seen in social media lately um, from atheist types is to say, like, I don't need a holy book to tell me how to behave. I don't, you know, if you have to have some kind of, if you have to have a God or a Bible to tell you to be a good person, well, that's, that's a problem. Also, um, I hate women. Yeah. Um, there's that piece too. But I, um, I'm, why I bring that up, Matt, is because it's interesting that, 
you know, this is, we're seeing a shift where, you know, we're kind of the last generation of youth group kids who grew up in a church that was primarily defined by your morals and your behavior. And we hear all that, that, oh, you know, to be a good Christian, you have to behave a certain way. But then we looked and we looked at around the church and you're like, but you're not behaving the way that you say you're supposed to behave. Furthermore, as I read the Bible, there's a whole lot more going on in here than just how to behave and how to be a good citizen. And mm-hmm. so, so no wonder, no wonder we've all left um, the places. What are you talking about, guys? I'm still, I'm still in my youth group. <laughs> <laughs> that was, you're like, having a blast. You're like the Van Wilder of youth group. Oh, that's a movie. <laughs> like, we're going to play Boggle next week, guys. It's going to be great. That's a Christian movie. You could get that made for like nothing. I bet Cloud Nine, Cloud Nine Pictures would give you money tomorrow to be, to basically make like a comedy, a Christian comedy. It would write itself. It'd be so easy for us to do this. We should write the script. It's not. It's not Cloud Nine anymore. It's uh, uh, Pure Flicks. Okay. God's not dead. Oh, oh my gotcha. God. Anyway. <laughs> uh, anyway, go outside. You know, I heard. I heard. I, heard, I think my it... riffing. You know, I heard, I think it was one of those movies, I I heard that in the credits it says executive producer God. What? If that's true, I have to see it now. I have to see the movie. (laughs) Oh, IMDb would tell you. Because it would, have, it would have the crazy credits. Does God have an IMDb I think that's, credit? That's, I think I, this I believe up. that's the movie. Because of a podcast, another podcast that JP is currently ha- has me obsessed with beyond belief, guys. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let you know that. You gonna plug it? Um, yeah, good Christian I, fun. It's a good podcast. The, the podcast, good Christian fun. Yeah, we need to it, check that out. I'm obsessed. I can't stop listening to it. Should, it cracks ta- me up. We need to tag them in a social media post. We need oh, to. Yeah. We need to be in the the thing. But um, <laughs> the guy, the guy who does it, he cracks me up because he totally tells the kind of jokes I do, and the yeah. people just they roll their eyes. He reminds me. He reminds me a lot of you. <laughs> and I just, I just love it. I can't. I can't get enough of it. It's awesome. Yeah, I just listened to the I can only imagine episode, the newest one. Oh wow! I can <laughs> only imagine. So oh guys, 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 guys! I have to tell you something. Okay, this is weird. This has nothing to do with what we're talking about, and it's a total tangent. But like, I have to tell you one because it's driving me nuts. Ever since um, a quiet place, the movie A Quiet Place has started playing, uh-huh. and it's been getting a lot of momentum, and a lot of people are talking about it. Ever since that happened, every time someone mentions a quiet place, my head instantly goes to in a secret in a quiet place. <laughs> and like that song has been popping up in my head every day. And I'm like, why is this song stuck in my head? Oh my gosh, is it because of a, I just read a review for a quiet place? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, thank Only you, JP, for, for ruining the movie for me. Now. <laughs> Which, for the record, um, I won't talk about because I think Father Fun wants to talk about that movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I saw it twice. Oh, I haven't seen it. I really want to see it. <laughs> but, but All right, I'm going to be humming the song the entire movie. Matt. Yeah. You know me. Mm-hmm. Could I handle the mm-hmm. movie? Oh, 100%. Okay. It's not. 
I, this is the only thing I will say. Like I said, I don't want to get into the movie because I, I think Father Fun's excited, so I want to see if that's going to happen. Um, the only two things I will say. One, you absolutely have to see it in the theater with an audience. Right, right, I don't right. think it'll be nearly as good at home. And two, yeah. Yeah. And two it's not really a quote-unquote horror movie in any way. I wouldn't even say it's really a scary movie. I... I told my wife the best comparison I can give it is it's a level without the humor, mind you. This is a very straightforward, dramatic movie. It's not humor in any way, but it's kind of like a Jurassic Park. Okay. Um, it's it's a it's a monster movie in the sense of like animalistic monsters, not monster movie like Freddy Krueger. Um, well, I mean, come on, it's, yeah. it's a horror movie. It's just on different end of the spectrum. Oh, no, no, no. It is a horror movie, but I'm saying for for the sake of trying to talk, tell Chuck, like, I think he would, yeah, he would yeah. like it and enjoy it and be able yeah, to so, appreciate it for what so it is. So it's more like, a, it's more like, a, it's probably a lot like, um, like a like pitch black or something. Uh, yeah. yeah, like, yeah, like pitch black if pitch black was actually really good. Or uh, tremors if it was super serious. Yeah, or tri- like I said, yeah, or Tremors without the comedy, but or like Jurassic Park without the comedy, because Jurassic Park yeah. really is a horror movie. It's just yeah. dinosaurs instead of mythical <laughs> monsters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because um, yeah, I would just say the only thing that's really been hesitant, the only thing that has, has that has made me really hesitant about seeing it is the fact that I mean, the, and the previews give this away, so I'm not spoiling anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. Um, is that there's a child born. Mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. movie and that's mm-hmm. that's the part that really has me like on edge because you know like ever since <laughs> kids, having yeah. kids yeah and that's what's another episode i want to do uh, <laughs> oh my gosh it will have you on edge of your seat for sure it's that that it's incredible chuck you gotta see it okay i want to see it i want to see it now i want to see it too as a and matter of what, fact i will see it a third time chuck if you'll ooh. you'll go see it all right, we might be able to make that happen, actually. I'll even I go to, like, a, a stinking 10 a.m. Saturday showing for you. Only <laughs> to the Chuck showing. I'm on, I'm, on, for you. I'm on residential duty all weekend, so I wouldn't actually be able to see it until probably, like, Sunday afternoon or something. That's right. You know what? My schedule changes next week, and I'm off Wednesday and Thursday next week. Oh, uh, well, I, yeah. I, I work both of those days. Well, well, I, well I'm uh, just saying. Op- yeah. There's options. Coming. All right, we'll talk. We'll, we'll talk. figure it out. I didn't. I didn't mean to, to, to derail our subject with my uh, with my condition. Oh, it's um, fine. We got it. We got to <laughs> We got to end our hour and a half episode at some point. Anyway. Well, considering that we haven't like recorded an episode in like three weeks, I think we're making up yeah, the last time here. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure. By the way, JP, I have a cover of that song with the Insiders on my um, <laughs> on my I, on my phone here. Let me see. It's it's driving me insane. Like it is driving me. Insane. Uh, I know that song is on <laughs> on the Insiders' Scalaluya Two, which is their ska covers oh, oh of my crazy God. and worship songs. But the only song that I have on my <laughs> iTunes currently from Scalaluya Two is "Who Is This?" No, uh, not uh, in the secret. So I, I um, I've just had like stinking. I've had the stinking "What If Cartoons Got Saved" song song stuck in my head, because <laughs> I I blame that 100 percent on good Christian fun. Also, I'm just like sitting playing Mar- Super Mario Run, and then <laughs> <laughs> and your mother is so happy. 
<clears throat> well, I, I guess right. that's all the time we have this week. Yes. Uh, oh, by the way, um, hello and welcome to Masters of Divinity. <laughs> 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 I, I'm your moderator, JP, and uh, I'm here with Father Chuck. Hey, hey, what's going on? And Matt Wells. Uh, and that's more time than we had this week. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay, so guys, uh, thank you so much for sharing, um, yeah. Chuck, your in-depth journey uh, of becoming a fiscal and also a priest, and, and uh, Matt also letting us know where you're at uh, yeah. in terms of a church and stuff. I'd love to actually talk about it more because, uh, you know, the church is... Uh, the one you're going to is is pretty prominent in that area, and I think like like everybody knows about that uh, church, and uh, everybody has opinions about it. So mm-hmm. I think it's actually quite interesting that you're there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I have multiple opinions about, about it myself. So we'll have to talk more. <laughs> totally. And let's also uh, thank let's also thank Jameson for giving us the idea to do this episode. Yeah, thank you so much, Mr. Spicoli. Uh, it really gave us something to talk about this week. And um, uh, so, thank you for the uh, for the for the for the for the, for the boost and a topic. Not that we can't come up with our own topics or anything. Yes, our, uh, our thanks for telling us partner. how to do our jobs. Um, yeah, our <clears throat> silent partner for this episode, Jamie Glee with Father Chuck and JP and Matt. It's been good. It's been good. Uh, uh, Matt, Officer Matt, we don't know anymore. Nobody cares. Don't don't Google CF Spicoli. Matt. Um, Silent Matt. How about <laughs> CF Matt? <laughs> Christ Fellowship Matt. All right. Uh, anyway, so that's all the time we got this week. Uh, thank you so much for listening, uh, Father Chuck. Thank you. Welcome, as always. And Matt, we- and Matt Wells, thank you. Good journey. Oh, wait, I wasn't done talking about me yet. You're, you're hanging up on me. I'm talking about me. I don't appreciate okay. this. Well, you're breaking. You're, you're breaking up on, on my end. <laughs> yeah, you are kind of breaking up a little. Oh yeah, right. convenient. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Well, what were we gonna say? <laughs> no, I was joking. It was a joke. Totally joke. Okay. okay. All right. Fine. I'm a middle child. I'm used to being hung up on anymore. All right, audience. Have a wonderful week and good journey. Good journey. Yeah, I could rent it. Thank you.